it's Jason Durr from Ball Caps and Bagpipes. I got it right again, John. That's two in a row now. Uh, That's just Usually we talk about Scottish baseball. Uh, of course, the next two weeks, we're talking about the Negro League Baseball Museum fundraiser. And tonight, I'm super excited. Well, John, why don't you introduce yourself first before I introduce our guests? Of course, I'm John McKellar of the Glasgow Comets. There's my jersey right there. Uh, of the Baseball Scotland National League. Um, I'm one half of Ball Caps and Bagpipes alongside Jason. I too am very excited to speak to Maz. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, he's a big Yankee fan from what you tell me and I uh, happen to share sympathies. So looking forward to this one. Say hello, Maz. Hello, Maz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it too. I, I, anytime I could talk baseball and sports, I could probably talk forever, but uh, I won't do that to everybody. But uh, I appreciate everybody that's turning out and you guys having me on. Hey, so yeah, why don't we start on. with it? Oh, Go ahead, so why do we start by telling us about your baseball background? Obviously, we've established a Yankee fan. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, did you play growing up? And if so, to what level and what positions did you play? Hi. Sure. So I'm originally, even though I never lived there, I was born in Flushing, Queens, which to those that know, it's odd that I'm not a uh, Mets fan, um, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Canarsie, Brooklyn. My dad and my whole family were from Brooklyn. Um, he was a huge Yankee fan, so I grew up a Yankee fan. And when I was about eight or nine years old, I moved to Central Jersey. Um, that's when I really got involved in baseball and when I was really paying attention. And uh, my dad signed me up for Little League when we moved to Jersey. I honestly didn't know much about the game. So he, without like, without exaggeration, he sat me down at the table. He had drawn, you know, a baseball diamond and we would go over different scenarios. He had photocopied it and he would say, if the runner is, you know, if, if the runner's on first base or whatever, and the ball's hit here and you're playing here, where would you throw it? Um, he had me like ball up a sock and throw it against the wall. Um, so I was playing since I was about eight or nine. I didn't play like high school. I stopped around then. Um, starting off, they wanted me to be a first baseman, but being new to baseball, you know, it wasn't the best for me. Um, I played a lot of left field, third base and second base. And my swan song was I finally got the pitch one day, which was like my favorite. I always wanted to do it, but the coach's kid was always the pitcher. So finally, <laughs> one day I got my shot. My family was there to see it. My aunt and uncle were there. Um, and I just loved playing it in the summer with friends. You know, I, I miss playing it. Um, I, I don't know if I like baseball because – I always joke with my wife that if you can hit the ball really far, you don't have to be so fast. Um, but yeah, I just, I, it's just always been a part of me. And then uh, with the art, combining it with, with baseball, I mean, it was just like a, a match made in heaven. So let's talk about the art then. Uh, you go into the art, um, as you said, at quite a young, a young age. Uh, why don't you tell us about your art and how that kind of came to be? Sure. Um, so the funny thing is like, people who've seen me pick up on this, I hold a pencil incorrectly. Um, there was actually a point in time, I think in first or second grade, where the teacher tried to give me that thing you put on a pencil to, to hold it correctly. Mm. And that year I was just miserable. Um, like I didn't want to, I guess my mom said like, I didn't want to draw that much or whatever. But the reason why is because I literally picked up a pencil before I could walk. Like I just always <laughs> loved messing around with it. I remember um, like in pre-K, you know, while people were like playing with blocks or at like the sand station or whatever, you know, I was sitting there with that yellow paper we used to have and like uh, Cray Crayola markers, you know, drawing. I just, I, I, I'm lucky because I always knew that I wanted to be an artist. Um, I never had to decide what, what path I wanted to go down. It's always been my passion. And uh, 
I, I went to school for comic art and cartooning. Um, anybody who's like a big comic fan, I went to the Joe Kubert School of Cartoon and Graphic Art. Um, so I was doing a lot of comic conventions, horror conventions. And then just a few years ago, I went down this unexpected path. That, like I said, combined my love of, um, of, of sports and art. And as a fan, it's just been a, an amazing wild ride that I appreciate every second of. So yeah, so you said you got, was your start was in cartooning and comic art. So you did a lot of horror shows, uh, horror and, and uh, conventions. Uh, tell us about that. That is the funniest thing. I was literally talking to my wife about this the other day um, because as a kid, I was the, I'm not even joking. I was the biggest chicken. I would not go uh, trick-or-treating. I wouldn't even go to school on Halloween. I couldn't go in any stores. Somebody could literally say the word Dracula and I'd start crying when I was a little kid. So flashing forward now, I live in an, in an apartment here with my wife and we've got like a Bride of Frankenstein and a Wolfman thing in the kitchen. I've got a thing of Bram Stoker's Dracula, which, uh, you know, it's just like inconceivable for me to, to grow up to be that. And I told my wife that the other night, I said, I can't believe that I'm that kid. And she said the most profound thing to me. She said, you're not that kid, you're that man. Like you're, you're, you grew up and I conquered it. But um, one, one of the first comic conventions I did was in a, a place in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And a woman had come up to me that was looking at my art and she said, you know, they do a show here. Um, it's like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, oldest, longest running horror show in the, in the country. She's like, I think you would do really well here. And even when I was little and I was scared of that stuff, I was always into the unexplained, like Bigfoot and UFOs and ghosts. So it's weird because the stuff that's, you know, real was the stuff that I loved. And the stuff that's, you know, fake was the stuff that scared the crap out of me. Um, but I've always loved creature designs and cool characters. You know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love, I love that kind of the, the, all the creativity and creature design stuff. So I was, I love drawing like those characters. So when I went down into that world, that was a lot of fun for me too. And uh, I, I miss doing that a lot in my free time. I do. It's just that it's a blessing because, you know, I keep so busy with the sports stuff. I don't have as much time for it, but uh, I'm definitely, you know, I'm not just a sports guy. I mean, comics and horror is what brought me to the dance my wife loves when i do the horror stuff i love like classic black and white universal monster stuff guillermo del toro is a hero of mine um so it's uh you know variety is what keeps it moving forward but as long as people keep asking me to draw um sports um you know i'll do it um i'm glad i'm grateful that they do so how much fun are the conventions? I mean, you must get there, sit up, set a booth up there and be able to chat to the other artists and everyone else there. I mean, I've been to baseball card conventions, but I've never been to see a horror convention. Is there, how much of a difference is there to it? Um, it's definitely different. Um, there's more, you know, when you go to like a sports convention is usually maybe you're the only artist or maybe there's one or two artists. I mean, the industry is changing in that way. You know, when we were younger, you know, you had maybe like Topps Gallery or even before that Diamond King. So you had like maybe one or two artists that really did sports cards. Now with the explosion of sketch cards, it's like there's artists everywhere. Um, so at a, at a horror convention or a, or a comic convention, you know, you're definitely not the only show in town. I've made really amazing friends, you know, that have been next to me. Um, for me, it's just cool meeting the people. I love drawing there. Um, the first time I did it, it was like the scariest thing because it's like put up or shut up, you know, I would take commissions, people would come up to me and ask me to draw whatever, you know, we're blessed that we live in a day and age where you can just go on the phone and look up reference. Um, but I enjoy that. And it actually helped me in the long term with my art to be more productive and be faster and kind of break my nerves. But I miss it. You know, uh, 
hopefully when things um, get a little bit better in the world with what we're dealing with, I can kind of get back to that, um, even sports wise, you know, I did some conventions as a sports artist. Um, but I just I'm the interaction is the best part of being an artist, you know, and uh, we're lucky that we have that online, like what we're doing right now. It's amazing. It really seems like you said you hit the nail on the head. There really is this explosion of sports and art and the combination of, you know, whether it's artists or if it's uh, baseball card art. I mean, uh, I've guess been kind of looking over this the last two years and I've just really noticed how much is really kind of blown up. And of course, there's the top 2020 project and that's really kind of a lot of things there. Are you collecting any of those? Um, so early on, uh, I'd say not early on, but kind of after they blew up, you know, I started picking up some of them, you know, um, I think it's a cool idea. Um, and I, it's cool to see what people are doing. Um, I haven't been keeping up just because I'm not, believe it or not, I actually got out of card collecting, even though I do stuff for tops, um, a few years ago, uh, it was kind of painful, but I wanted to streamline my collecting to game you stuff, which yep. is ex expensive i hope my wife doesn't hear she probably knows um so <laughs> i went from getting <laughs> she's in the other room so i went from getting pieces of stuff to the whole thing i don't know if i got selfish but um no i think it's been great uh it's cool seeing people that weren't into art try to get into it because of tops 2020 um you know at first uh with project 2020 it seemed like people were kind of resistant to it but then once they realized what a market there was for it and it kind of blew up um and now people are becoming fans and i think it's great because you're also getting artists that weren't necessarily known for sports yep. doing sports stuff and it's always fun as an artist to kind of push yourself um and it, it's just cool to see people's interpretation with the same medium so i mean i'm following it i look forward to seeing what people are doing uh it's exciting to see what they're doing and i'm happy for all the people doing it you know there's three so, yankees you should be happy there's three yankees in the set that's true three yankees and other guys who were yankees who aren't yankees but um <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future. I know um, a lot of the tops artists would like a chance to do that. You know, these were people that were outside of that purview. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, they, everybody's got a unique style. I'm, I'm, even within the, the sports art community, we all have different styles and it's a real brother and sisterhood. And, um, you know, I always believe that there's enough piece, you know, enough pie for everybody to get a piece kind of thing. As you mentioned, the various different styles. Now you have, a, as we've established, a kind of a very cartoon comic booky type style. Um, what uh, talk us through your process of uh, applying that style to baseball? You know, how do you? What challenges do you face when you know trying to bring out the personality of a kind of classic ball player in that style? Because obviously they're very different worlds. Um, how do you go about that? It's funny because I didn't really get into this style per se until sports. Um, you know, one of the things that. Yeah, the one of the things that an artist struggles with the most is style. You know, they tell you, especially when I was going to school. It's the thing that happens when you're not trying. If you try and it, it doesn't come naturally to you, you're not going to enjoy it. Now I almost, it's hard for me to draw any other way. And like I was going through a whole, I have this big like tub of my artwork dating back to like when I was a kid. And I was going through it and just seeing the kind of progression getting towards where I'm at. Um, and it's just weird, man. It's like people think that, you know, oh, your, your hand is so gifted or whatever, but any artist can tell you it's your mind if you had to learn to draw with your foot, you could do the same thing because it's just, you know, it's what's in your mind. The hand is just, you know, the vessel for it. You're telling it what to do. Um, as far as like what I use it towards, my hatching style, even though it is reminiscent of comic work, I didn't, I didn't really create it that way. That wasn't my thought process. I wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to do baseball in a comic book style. I just, 
have a lot of love for people that can do like hatching, especially like older work from like the 1800s and 1900s where they can create light and dark um, just based on how many lines they have in their work or their direction of their lines. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of actually want to go out of that. Like I have, I work other styles. It's just that it's so natural for me. Um, and I think any artist can tell you that I'm sure they want to try to, um, you know, ex expand what they do in their repertoire. Um, for me, it's more about capturing poses or moments that are the essence of the player. You know, when you look for, um, poses there's like thousands and there's some of them have been beaten to death um but you want to try to do something fresh and something that you think will fit your style so i just look for stuff that i think will lend itself to the way that i draw just so speaking of that i want to jump in before john asked another question i was sure. looking through your artwork is that when you talk about style i noticed you a lot of put a non-sports object in the background of the photos is that just something you developed that way because i would say particularly like i was wondering why you put popcorn with manningly yeah um, so to me, I mean, the thing about sports is we have such an emotional connection, right? There's, there's certain things in life that people are so emotionally invested in religion, politics, and sports, man. They're just, it's, it's when people have a rational conversation that disagree, especially in today's climate, it's rare. And that's sad. Um, so for me, it's about an emotional connection and what do I think of when I see the player? Um, and to me, you know, Manningly, you think about him reaching in and grabbing that little kid's popcorn. That's what I think of. Right. To me, that's baseball. That's the beauty of the game. You know, it's gotten to be where it's like we were talking about before, earlier, before we went on air. You know, it's so expensive. I can't even imagine. I don't have kids yet. I hope I'm lucky enough to. But I know just going with me, you know, my wife or going with my dad or my friend, you know, it's an expensive the parking at Yankee Stadium is more than the ticket. Sometimes it's not even a joke. That's crazy. Um, it is. And I've paid, you know, I've gotten deals. But um, so, yeah, it's just a matter of when I think of the player, what what represents that player, what moments in time. And, you know, art is subjective, but at the same rate, I want to put something there that people will get. And maybe not everybody understands the popcorn, but people who grew up Yankee fans or know that moment get it. Um, so it's, it's the fun is searching for it and you can't do it with every person. Um, but when I can, I try to do it because to me, it's all about that emotional connection, that memory. So I'll let John jumping in and taking over this interview because I'm super excited. So <laughs> John's a big wrestling fan. So oh man. Have you done because he could probably talk wrestling more than he can talk baseball. I, I can do both, man. Um, I actually loved wrestling before I loved baseball, believe it or not. I'm still a big kid. Um, my, my wife will go with me to baseball games. She's gone to me to a couple of WWE events. But if it wasn't for, you know, guys like Roman Reigns or Randy Orton to look at, uh, she may not want to go, but she probably <laughs> Randy Orton's a handsome man. Yeah, um... he's beautiful. I'm, not gonna, I'm comfortable enough to say that. He's gonna, you know. <laughs> um, now, you mentioned wanting to move out of the style that you've kind of established for yourself. Uh, do you ever feel handcuffed by people's expectations of your art when you, you know, to wit? Um, with regards to that, do you ever feel like handcuffed and like almost as if people expect your art to be a certain way and almost as if like you're kind of trapped in that? Uh, I actually don't. If anything, I feel handcuffed by myself. Like I said, it's just what comes so naturally. Sometimes like I'm literally sitting there drawing and I'm like, I want to not do it this way. I miss, I wish I could bring elements because like the hatching thing actually came from me doing more regular shading and then adding in a little bit of the hatching. And then it just eventually evolved, like just being more hatching. Um, but I think, you know, I'm still, I've only been doing sports art for like 
specializing in sports even though I've been drawing my whole life for like the past three years or so and it's funny because people will some people will act like I'm this big deal or whatever I'm not I mean I'm just doing what I love and I'm enjoying it um and then other people have never heard of me and uh so there's always people that that will find out about you for the first time and you know the that's what you hope is that you get your name out there and people get to see what you do so I for me like the I always say and it's true the thing is I just want to have fun I'm doing this because I enjoy it it's my passion it's always been just calming relaxing the way I express myself and if people appreciate what I do um then that's you know just that's just extra that's just added bonus um, and um, that's why when people like what I do, like I'm super grateful to me. Um, uh, I'm just lucky. I'm just doing what I love. So. So do you have anything specially planned for the, the fundraiser? Yeah. So, uh, you know, what's tough is I do this professionally, but I have a regular full-time job. So I'm literally working Monday to Friday. Once I'm done at work, um, I come home. That's when I spend time on my art and then over the weekends. So I have to kind of fit it in along with commissions and stuff like that. So um, it's a good thing that I keep busy, but it's also a rough thing. Um, but yeah, I'm currently working on a print um, I called uh, On the Back of Giants. Right. And uh, I haven't unveiled it yet. I did like a little sneak peek, but basically the idea behind it is it shows some of the um, the Negro League players and uh, and coach or coaches um, and the idea is then putting, flashing forward to some of the African-American superstars of today and kind of showing that uh, they literally, the you know, these, these Negro League players literally laid the groundwork and that um, the superstars that we flock out to see today and we give adulation to, it wouldn't have been possible without, without what these men and, uh, and women and, you know, did before them. So it's kind of just a piece that's summarizing that, that there's no, there's no today without yesterday kind of thing. Um, so I'm going to do this limited edition print run. I think I'm going to do something similar to kind of like what tops does with like their living set mm -hmm. and their 2020. I think I'm just going to do as many prints as sell. Right. Um, definitely. You know, the whole point of it is that we're donating a portion to charity. So I have an idea of what portion I want. Um, like I said, I'm just grateful to be doing this, to be asked to do it and to be with so many talented artists, not, not only in my own country, but all around the world. I mean, there's so many huge name artists, uh, you know, and people that I'm friends with. Um, and it's a great cause. And uh, so many of my favorite athletes are African-American. You know, I don't even think about it that way. I literally, they're just my favorite athletes. And um, I can't even imagine what these people went through, you know. Um, the So uh, anything that I can do to help and do it by doing something that I love and enjoy, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We've been getting a lot of feedback from the artists you interviewed that said they've known about the Negro Leagues and know everything of like that, but they said they've really gotten into the research going behind that to go say, okay, I want, I want to do something to represent it. They said they're finding the research far more interesting than they ever expected to do, and they're really getting sucked in, and they're like, I want to go into it more, but I also got to produce my work on time yeah. and get stuff done. It's, it's, a, like, it's, a, it's a balance. It's a so, balance, and I think whenever you're drawing something, especially if it's something that you may not know as much about as you want, research is key because it's like a photo man this is a snapshot in time this is your what you're saying in your piece you have to know what you're saying so i definitely looked up players i chose who i did for a reason from you know and especially guys today it was harder for because there are so many african-american superstars and that's a testament to these men that played the game early on and went through these struggles but i had to kind of cut back and also try to think of who people would want to see and not just be selfish because the piece is not for me you know it's for the people um, yep. So that was part of the process. 
So we're going to get further into the fundraiser in a moment, but uh, you're also an avid collection collector of uh, autographed memorabilia. Um, when did that obsession start? How big <laughs> is your collection? And uh, what's your favourite your, your favorite piece, the one that you could retire off? How big is my collection? <laughs> uh, so there's an expression like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. That's my collection. <laughs> uh, I live in a one bedroom apartment right now and my wife is very kind to allow me. It just keeps growing. And most of it's in the closet, but I, uh, if you don't mind, I'll show off a few of my pieces. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, yeah, we would love that. You can show um, off your artwork, and you can show off any of the memorabilia you have. Yeah, I'll show you some of the memorabilia real quick in a second here. But I'll just say, as far as when did I get into the collecting? So as a kid, you know, collecting cards, you know, pulling an autograph was like one out of like 144 packs, or you know, whatever. It wasn't like you get a pack, you get an autograph. So you could pull a scrub. And with all due respect, you know, somebody who wasn't a big name and you'd be happy. You'd be like, oh, my God. Um, and now it's just become so to where you're almost numb to it to a certain extent. But I just always felt like to me, gaming's memorabilia is like a fossil. It's like holding a piece of history, like a moment in time in your hands. And like we were saying before, you know, just having a little piece of it on a card was one thing. And then having the ability to, to, to have the whole thing is crazy. So. I got yeah. into collecting really heavily in the past few years, but I've been collecting in general memorabilia since I was a kid. But um, I'll show you a few of my favorite pieces. I have a lot. As you guys know, I am a diehard Yankee fan. Um, I'm also a Justin Upton collector, but I'll show you just some random stuff. So this bat I had bought from Fanatics. I don't know if you can see yep. the name on there. It's Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. And this bat I kind of bought sight unseen. Yeah, I yep, I didn't get to see it. Um, but after researching and photo matching it, this is actually the bat that he used in his three home run game against the Red Sox. I oh, actually wow. haven't matched to every home oh, run in that sweet. game. Yeah. <laughs> so I lucked out. I bought it as an issued bat. Obviously, it's not issued. Awesome. Um, and I don't know if people know how that works, but basically something has to be deemed used only if it's actually taken directly from the player. If it's collected after the moment, like from the locker room, it has to be called uh, issued. So oh, there's a lot okay. of confusion that people that don't collect about that. But this bat still, it's cracked here. He actually hit at least two other home runs with it while he was using it. So this is, as a Yankee fan, a cool piece of memorabilia. He's the first guy to do it since A-Rod did it. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'll show you a couple other cool things. So for this season, this is DJ LeMayu's first single from this year. It was the first game he played, his first hit. It was also his first RBI. Um, this yep. was when he came back from COVID. This was off of Eric Fetty. I believe Strasburg was supposed to start the game for the Nationals, but uh, he was scratched, so... This was a cool little piece from this season, and he may win the batting title. Hopefully, he'll finally do it in the uh, American yeah. League. Here's hoping. Um, DJ LeMahieu didn't get COVID. COVID got DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> he hit that one. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's insane, man. Um, he is. So here's a LeMahieu hat from 4th of July when he was with Very the Rockies. Nice. Yeah. He's got the MLB hollow on the bottom. Yeah. He's got his DJ9 that he wrote inside. I don't know if you can see that. Out of curiosity, what size of the hat does he wear? It, dude, you would be shocked. I, I have a bigger head than everybody on the Yankees. I have a huge <laughs> head, so that's not saying much. But DJ LeMayu wears a six and seven eighths. Oh, he's got a small head. He's that's like tight. six. He's like six five or something. <laughs> he's I, six feet five. He's like he's huge. He's a tall guy. Um, he's got yeah. A so pencil head. I mean, gosh. I'm, he's got a big uh, these guys, even guys that they make fun of, like another one of my favorites is Gardy, Brett Gardner. He's got a tiny head, man, and people all make fun of his head. Um, but Gardner looks like quite a short guy, though, is he not like five feet nine or something? Yeah, he's not. Like, I mean, I'm a short guy, too, so, but I have a giant head, so yeah. it doesn't always correlate. But um, <laughs> a few other things I'll show you real quick. One of my all-time favorite Yankees, especially growing up, 
I was probably one of the only people pissed when they traded him for A-Rod was uh, Alfonso Soriano. Yep. So yeah. this, is, this is Steiner certified. This is his hat that he wore during the 2003 World Series. Whoa. Uh, oh, not, a good, not a good one for us. Um, no, not for him either. <laughs> no, I think he struck out more struck than anybody. Uh, he but, struck out like a massive number of times. But yeah, what a player he was. He, he, he should have been a World Series hero back in 2001. Obviously, had that go-ahead home run in the eighth in game seven. And then Luis Gonzalez like, happened. He was one of the first Yankees I met, and I was so excited to meet him because just I collected his cards big time. I'm a huge collector of his. He was one of those guys that was just so fun to watch. He felt like he could always mm -hmm. hit it out. Um, oh, yeah, he was a good always one. played with a smile as well. Yeah, I heard he was super cool because I used to have a guy in Edinburgh that was from Texas, and he would bump into him at the bars, and he would hang out and buy beers from him. He said he was like a totally chill guy. He was like, look, just don't talk baseball with me. This is my chance to unwind. And he would sit there and hang out and have beers with these guys. It was like it was super cool. Yeah, he's <laughs> – he is a great guy. He's a happy guy. Um, and like I said, he was just like Wade Boggs was my first favorite growing up. But like when I got older and was really deep, like when I got really deep into baseball, it was Soriano was probably one of the guys. Um, so then next, I'll show you one Justin Upton piece. This is from this season. This is his first hit of the season. It's also his first home run of the season. Um, he had he hit his 300th home run this year, which kind of went a little under the radar because Trout obviously had his 300th, um, you know, all as a as an angel. Um, Upton did not, but this was Upton's 299th home run because his 300th, I believe, is with him. So this one was hit in Oakland. It's got some scratch marks on there. I don't know if you guys can make yeah, that. Yeah, out. I can see scratch yeah. marks. Yeah. Yep. So this one was um, and shout out to um, to Mark Upton. Uh, I hope I said his name right. It's Mark. It might be Chris. I might have just messed that up. But regardless, uh, Mr. Upham, he does the great – I can't think off the top of my head. He does the greatest labels, and he puts all the information. So this was um, career – oh, and Trout struck out, too, with this ball, too. So there you go. <laughs> How many times can you say that? So this was career strikeout 1120 for, for, uh, for Trout, and uh, this was a 383-foot home run. So that was cool. Um, I'll bang out some more real quick, and then we'll get yeah. to the art if that's cool. Yeah, yeah, well uh, – so this is a cool hat. This is from Mr. CC Sabathia. Oh. Um, this is they they know what they're doing in the memorabilia business. This is from his career 250th win. But right. the reason I say they knew what they're doing is because he wore I think six hats or five hats that day. They had him wear one for every inning. So this again is Fanatics and MLB certified. This is one of those hats yeah. from his historic. Maybe one of the last pitchers to do it. Um, so possibly the um, last. Yeah, could be. Could be. Um, love CC. So, yeah. Another another cool one. These are from last season. These are game used Brett Gardner batting gloves, the lizard skin gloves. Wow. Okay. Cool. They're caked. They're from Camden Yards. Um, and then, <laughs> arguably my favorite Yankee of all time, uh, Andrew Eugene Pettit. This is from Andy Pettit Day at the stadium. This was hanging up in the dugout of the Cleveland Indians. It is signed by him. Um, he inscribed it: Andrew Eugene Andy Pettit, Yankees retire number forty-six Pettit Day. And uh, I believe it's signed by Francona. I think was the uh, manager, if I'm not mistaken, of the Indians. CC did pitch, right. but he took the loss. But um, there's only two of these that exist. One was in the Yankees dugout and the other one was with Cleveland. This is the Cleveland one. Nice. And I have one other thing. Uh, I, I'm not going to show it, but I'll tell you because it's not that exciting to look at. But to go with the 250th win hat, I actually have CeCe's pants from his 3000 strikeout game, which is my favorite. <laughs> that is my favorite item. Um, I can show you guys after if you want, but they're yeah. giant. They're, they're probably this, almost the size of me. If they were water, I'd probably be drowning. But uh, they have dirt on them. He batted in the game because it was in uh, Arizona. 
Um, yeah. So I photo matched them too. And uh, it is the only pair of pants he wore for that game. <laughs> so there are not only five pairs of pants. It's so, totally philanthropic for one. <laughs> so to me, that's what collecting is all about. To think that I own the pair of pants that he wore when he had that historic moment. He stopped and greeted the crowd and he hugged his family. I mean, to me, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. So. Um, I'm actually getting goosebumps thinking about it as well. It's crazy. I'll have to show you guys. Just thinking about that guy. Yeah. Um, he's one of the few that uh, when he retired that I just I took a while to get over it. Um, yeah. Like obviously there's there's guys that come along like a cheater. Uh, for me, Mike Messina was my guy growing up. So when he retired, uh, especially with him not winning the World Series and then I was winning, winning rings uh, the next year after his 20 game win. Uh, yeah. the season, um, you know, he's one that I missed. But then there wasn't really one after cheater until CC. Um, this guy was just an incredible clubhouse leader, just a great Yankee to watch uh, and, and carried this team on his back uh, through some some pretty rough times in the last few years. Uh, you know, I think back to a couple of the, the seasons that we've had where just injuries of, and he's had a few himself, but like he oh, always yeah. tried to come back and, and put the team on his back and that was what made him just the, the best Yankee, I think, of this generation. He He's just like on... post years. Exactly. He's like a warrior to me. Um, to me, Guardy is going to be the last one to retire. Yeah. That's a link like that. Um, I yeah. think personally, even though I was always a fan of CC after what happened to him early in the season, because I work in cardiology. So, you know, during the day, mm-hmm. so him with his, with his heart issue and yeah. getting stents, you know, and then coming back, you know, it was, it was weird seeing the people that don't know about that side of things uh, think that that was the end for him and not realize that, you know, life goes on and, not to say that it's not serious, but that it's not a, an end of life thing. But then the way he went out, he literally went out on his shield, man. He gave every, he was the giving tree. He yeah. gave everything of himself and he's just such a warrior. And I know he's a big supporter of, um, of the Negro leagues and uh, he has a shirt. I think people should get it. It's an awesome shirt, but yeah, I agree with you, man. He's, he's a warrior and uh, uh, it was tough to see him go. I was glad that I got to see him pitch a bunch of times in person last season. Yeah, and he's looking great this year. He's looking oh, very good. Oh God, he, he looks ripped, you man. Know, I'm I'm happy yeah. for him. You know, um, yeah, he's one guy I didn't get to meet in person. I've gotten stuff signed by him, but I wasn't there to do it. Yeah. I was at a game the same day that he was doing a signing after the game. It was the game he got thrown out. Um, right. uh, that, that was that was Mariano Rivera Day last season. Yeah. They literally him. I think it was like Encarnacion and a couple other Yankees were doing a signing in White Plains, New York, which is like I think 30 minutes from the stadium. But I was tapped out, so I gave my buddy stuff to get signed for me. But who's wearing this shirt too? The Savages shirt. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's somebody I want to meet one day, man. I I have so much respect for CC as a human being, and like you said, just a warrior, man. Like he he is he's a Yankee, he's a Yankee through and through. I know that he you know started out as a Cleveland Indian, and he was a Brewer for you know a cup of coffee. But man, he's just he's just a great Yankee, a great ball player, a great ambassador to the game. What was he as a Brewer, Jason? Was he like eight and zero? He moved to like the deadline and was like eight and something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was lights out from. They were like pitching him every yeah. third day. I mean, I think they pitched him every could <laughs> have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he became kind of like a throwback to the early eighteen hundreds style of pitcher, where he would go like seven innings every three or four days rather than uh, just bothering the rotation. But just play CC healthy. No, okay, let's let's go to the next healthiest guy. <laughs> All right, let's get to some arts here. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to run out of time here because we've got cards to open as well, too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be real fast, man. So I'm just going to show you just some <laughs> random pieces, let you know. So this is one piece that I did in, like, sepia ink. Um, I kind of aged the paper I wanted to do. These are pieces I wish I had more time for, but this is Babe Ruth. It's on, like, aged paper, just to wow. show you an original. Um, a lot of line work. 
Amazing. Um, yeah. This is like kind of what I'm known for, what you guys were talking about. Yeah, I was looking at your artwork and your line work's amazing. The, the, Thank the, you. The, the detail behind that is just incredible. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so here's something a little different. It has some of my line work in it, but also not really. This is a watercolor with some color pencil. Bob Gibson, another one of my all-time favorites. One of the guys, obviously, I didn't get to watch growing up, but just had the reputation that just was tough as nails. And, you know, his nickname, I think, was Hoot. So I threw the owl in there. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, I got that. So is that is that for sale or is that a personal piece? Um, No, I mean... I'm, I'm willing to sell this stuff. I mean, I got it for me at the time, but uh, I have other stuff, you know. Um, here's another one. So this was, uh, uh, what am I looking at? Uh, what's his face? Uh, Charlie Keller, King Kong Keller. So that one was right up my alley. I'm a big apes fan. So this one was insane. <laughs> cool. So that's the old school King Kong, all hand-drawn hatching. Wow. Yeah. Um, so there's another one of those. Another one of my favorite, like, nicest guys, just to show I'm not just a Yankee fan. I'm a baseball fan. Uh, so this is a print of a piece I did. This was signed by Jim Palmer. I just love this piece. I don't know why. It's simple, but it just captures there's his a, essence. There's an yeah. almost ballet quality to it as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. He was very acrobatic in his delivery. Yeah. So you're, you're gonna like I saw a picture of you uh, uh, with, with Jim Palmer there. Yeah. You didn't ask him to sign any, uh, what is it, Speedos? What was it he was No, man. <laughs> I'm a boxer brief guy, so I don't want to get in a fight with him. No, he's a sweetheart of a man. He's awesome. My wife couldn't believe how old he was. She thought he was like 50. He's in great shape, man. Um, you know, you see, he, he pops up every once in a while because, again, we're all baseball fans here. And so you kind of watch whatever's on TV. So if it's Orioles on because it's only game, you just watch yeah. it. And so every once in a while, he'll pop up and be like, damn, he does look like he's much younger than he is. Absolutely. John, you'll appreciate this one. Uh, arguably the greatest professional wrestler of all time, at least the greatest gimmick of all time. This is also an original signed by Mark Calloway himself, the dead man, the undertaker. Oh, that is class. That is awesome. So this is the original. This is all ink, uh, some watercolor and some white paint there. Uh, it's, I know. I don't know how it's coming through, but uh, it's basically got a vulture worked in there, just like WrestleMania when he yeah. came out with the vulture. Mm hmm. One of my yeah. favorite guys to see live. I got to see him at his last appearance at the Garden in a tag match. Yeah. Um, so I saw him uh, in Glasgow, Scotland, in a in a tag team event that he wasn't advertised for. So when my brother and I heard the gong, we absolutely lost our shit. <laughs> <laughs> the advertised awesome. event was Triple H versus Big Show for the title, the WWE title, and it ended up being Legacy versus Triple H and Undertaker. Oh, Legacy, man! Instead. Yeah, because I think Big Show was like injured or something at the time, so yeah. it was just like insane. Two thirds of legacy are doing all right, man. Two thirds of legacy did okay for themselves. <laughs> the um, other one's like a firefighter or something, is it? Oh, uh, DiBiase Jr. Yeah, uh, I don't know what he's that. up to. I don't know. He's talk about living in shadow, but um. So here's another one. Another one of my favorite Yankees, yeah. Duque. This is an original watercolor. This one's actually sold already. I gotta send this out this weekend. Uh, one of my favorite guys to meet. Awesome. Thank you. Love the leg kick. Um. So here's a piece I'm doing uh, an exclusive partnership with BG collectibles. Right. Um, so they're having Jorge Posada. It's his first signing in six years. He's a tough guy to get. Um, so I did a Ooh. print and we're doing a limited edition run of 20 that he's going to sign. I'm going to sign and they're going to be hand numbered out of 20. Again, that's BG collectibles. This is going to be the piece. Whoa. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Thank you. One of my favorites. I have a signed copy for myself that I got years ago. Um, but yeah, so we're doing that. Um, one person well, that. Thank you. I appreciate that. One person that I'm happy to work with, it's an honor for me because I'm also a football fan. I won't say who I like. No, I'm a Cowboy fan, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we've got a tough, tough matchup on Sunday. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even have faith anymore, but, you know, you hope for the best and prepare for the worst. But 
I was a huge fan of The Greatest Show on Turf. Um, I'm blessed enough that the past couple of years I've been doing work for Isaac Bruce and his charity. Um, so last year for the Gridiron Gala, he wanted me to do a piece the, for the anniversary of the Super Bowl, um, the team. So I had to do a piece with like 20 something or 30 something guys on it. They made prints out of it. He signed one for me. He signed a few for me, but um, so this is like the whole team with the Super Bowl trophy and the coach and all that stuff. Nice. So that was a fun undertaking. Um, yeah. And speaking of that, another print I had done, one of my favorite, if not my favorite guy growing up to was Tory Holt. He was famous for being in Nelly's Air Force One's video. So I got him to uh, have the Air Force <laughs> One in the background, got him to write stomping in my Air Force Ones. Uh, um, so I think that's enough for now. I don't want to, guys can go on my social media um, and look up stuff, but uh, those were some pieces I just wanted to pull to give people an idea of kind of what I do. Cool. So we're going to open some cards just shortly. I just want to quickly close with a question I'd like to ask all the artists. Uh, as an American, as an artist, and as a baseball fan, what do the Negro Leagues mean to you? And how did you come to be involved in the project? Um, yeah, so what they mean to me, I mean, I'm by, by birth, I'm Jewish. I'm not an overly religious guy. So I know that um, even if I don't necessarily follow my religion to its fullest, I have a respect and appreciation and know what they went through. And I know the struggles that my people went through that allow me to live like the way I do today. And it's, again, it's unnecessary struggles. And I see a way, a parallel with uh, African-Americans, you know, I'm not saying that they went through the same struggle, but it was a struggle and it was an unjust one. And I, like I said, we can only read about it. We don't know what it was like at that time, especially not being somebody of color. Um, and to know how many of my favorite athletes, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Justin Upton collector, CC Sabathia, Tory Holt, Bob Gibson, like a lot of my favorite guys are African-American. And, um, especially the newer guys, you know, to know that they, I, I wouldn't be able to watch them if these people didn't do the heavy lifting and not to say that there's still not unjust things going on in the world today. It's a crazy world we live in. Um, but they definitely, you know, this was the beginning towards the beginning of it. I mean, obviously there was stuff going on for years before then, but um, just to be involved in that and to support such a good cause means a lot to me. I feel like I do have an emotional attachment to it. And the way I got involved is one of my best buddies, who's one of the most renowned sports artists, James Florentino. I've been very blessed to be friends with him the past couple of years, and he's really mentored me. Uh, he had mentioned it to me and said, this is something you should look into. I think it would be good for you. And I did, and they were happy to have me. Uh, and Tad is doing a great job putting this together. And he's got such a, an all-star clientele and roster of people that hopefully will be able to raise a lot of money for, for a great cause. And not only that, but just help people remember. And uh, like you said, um, before it's just it's a learning experience hopefully even if people just stop to google somebody or learn something new it helps keep the legacy and the memory alive so james is coming on the show uh we, we double booked him with somebody else so we gotta find uh -oh. another there. but uh <laughs> we'll see if we can do so I, I was a little overwhelmed by requests and there's uh by that by that he means he did he did yeah, exactly <laughs> I, <laughs> i've got like eight different places people have got a hold of me on my normal instagram on my bubble account on my classic account the yeah. facebook pages <laughs> just like yeah Man. it's been it's been a whole jason over there uh, um, do you want to plug your socials and then we'll open some baseball cards quickly? Uh, sure. So you guys can find me on Facebook, my regular Facebook, Maz Adams. On Facebook, uh, my business account is The Art of Maz Adams. You can go to mazadamsart.com. It's my website. Um, I'm still building it, even though it's been up for like a year. Um, Instagram, I'm very active, um, Maz Adams Art. And Twitter, Maz Adams Art. And Maz Adams is M A Z A D A M S. And I just want to, before everything, just again, thank people who buy my work, support it. 
um, my wife, my friends, my family, my, you know, my dad, my mom, um, uh, you know, everybody. I like the thing that I'm sitting here doing this day is crazy. And to you guys. Um, so I appreciate all of it so much. I'm just having fun. We appreciate having you on, Maz. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Jason, I'll hand it off to you and let's open some cards. Yeah, okay. Pleasure's all mine. I, I, I'm, I, I'm texting the, the next guest to tell us to give us five, ten minutes because we're <laughs> running a little late here. But this is fun. <laughs> so actually, before we start opening the cards, if, if I'm going to like find your artwork in any of the Topps products, what am I buying? Because I'm, I'm going to go out and ask my buddy who owns a card shop to like get me some cards. I wanna sure. See I can find. Um, so I started working with Topps about a year ago. Um, I believe what's out right now is Topps Series 2, um, Topps Museum Collection I did some sketch cards for. Um, the big thing, oh, you, you can write it down. The big thing you're going to want to get for sure, I don't know how much I can say, but Topps Gallery will be your best shot. Um, those are my first actual printed cards. So right. it's a it's a dream come true for me, man, because the sketch cards are a dream in itself, but to have mass produced cards for my artwork, and you'll have a chance to pull my original artwork in Tops as well that was used to make the cards in gallery. So I'm so excited for that. Uh, to me, that's like the first really like holy crap moment for me, and I hope it's the first of many, but uh, Top Series 2, uh, Museum right now, and uh, Gallery soon, hopefully. All right. And cool. a, lot of, a lot of great artwork in there from a lot of great artists. Um, like I said, and just so many good ones. Yeah, I'll have my buddy hook, hook me up with some so I can see. If gallery. Gallery is the one you're going to want. Trust me. It's not, not if you've been on his guest, but I pull in your artwork. I'm sending it right to you get it autographed. <laughs> you don't have to, man. I'll, I'll be happy to hook anybody up that wants it. I, I'm, it's just crazy. I'm blessed. So anybody who wants it, I'm more than happy to. Cool. All right. So I, I'm, I'm old school. So I'm all about the junk wax era. So oh, yeah. I've got 89 donors. Excellent. 1990 score. There you go. 91 upper deck okay 91 stadium club all right there you go best photos in baseball right there all right 92 donors okay and the last one is 93 studio Ooh, studio was my favorite as a kid man i've got 91 studio as well uh i liked i liked the jumbo years they did the jumbo ones those were my favorite right all right so you want, you want to go with the studio then Oh, so I get to pick one? Is that how it works? You get to pick whatever one you want, yeah. I mean, I got to go with Studio, man. Just such a cool set. Do you want the 91 or the 93? 91 was the one where they had the portraits, and 93 had the cool the, the logos in the background. 93 for sure. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone likes his 93 Studio. I, I, I never bought studio. these cards. Oh, man, they were so good. We, we pulled this one. So my first interview with Tad and Travis, we pulled this one. <laughs> Is that Schmidt? I'm Harvin Tried's like Bowie. No, it's Steve Lake. But he's got the big pair. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! I just see the mustache and the Phillies. <laughs> yeah. Oh crap! So we like, were oh, cards and we actually pulled it. It was awesome. So we all sat there and just busted up laughing. So why even try opening packs after that? Yeah, that's the pinnacle, man. It's only down from there. Jason and I pulled uh, John Wetland ripping some guitar at one point. Oh lord! We were, we were doing like a tester uh, for these uh, for these video shows and. Uh, one of the cards that we pulled was a Joe Wetland, kind of an awkward one, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, so if there's anything you want to say about the player, go for it. Luckily, these studio cards are mostly stars, so if, like, we just kind of chat yeah. about it in there. But you our first card is Luis Polonia, so not oh, really man. much just, of a star. I remember him well. He always made me want bologna. Now I want bologna, so thank you very much. <laughs> you know what? I can't get bologna out here. I have not had bologna in, like, 20 years. You poor man. We'll have to mail you some bologna. It'll probably survive somehow. <laughs> All right, well. Oh gosh, these are stuck together. Unfortunately, you're gonna hate this card, Luis Gonzalez. 
hey, it's all good, man. He got, you know, he, he put his bat out there. He did his job, man. That's the game. Sometimes the ball rolls your way. Sometimes it doesn't. So good on him. It's Randy Johnson's fault anyway. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was hysterical crying in my parents' bedroom with my dad, but, you know, whatever. I'll get over it. See, I was the same, but it was 6 a.m. So <laughs> <laughs> like I said, my team didn't make it. You guys and I had school the next day. <laughs> We had 116 wins that year. We lost. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. That's the thing. That's the thing, man. It's all who. Jose Offerman for the Dodgers. All right. Offerman. So wrestling connection right there. Jojo Offerman's uh, dad. Jojo is now with uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt. So they have two it's kids true. together. So yeah. there you go. It all comes together. So uh, the, the, we're going to run out of time. But the best is they tell them what their, uh, uh, like, <laughs> what their interests are and stuff like that. That one was a good one. But here you go. Ooh. We got the big cat, Andres Galarraga. Awesome. Yep. That's probably Andres. Pete Sack. We interviewed the other day. He's a big Galarraga fan. Feared uh, uh, hitter in his day. Tom Glavin. Glavin. Oh, man. One of those guys you just kind of help respect. So, this is the best exactly. part. So, we're reading these. If he wasn't an athlete, he might have been an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky for Braves fans, maybe he wasn't good with math. I don't know. He was good with baseball. That's. Well, he could all with his patches. <coughs> Clint Hurdle. All right, there you go. So we Coach him. now, right? If I don't believe a manager. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, he's a manager. Where was it? The Rockies. Sounds. Oh like yes, I believe so. All right. Yeah, Ozzy Gian. There we go. Former oh, manager. There you go. Yep. Yep. Cool. We, we pulled parts. this card yesterday, but it's another Kirk Gibson. He's upside down. Oh, it's upside down. <laughs> it's stuck. <laughs> It's stuck. It's upside down. It's upside down. There, there, he there is. you go. It's stuck. These cards are, you know, 20 years, 30 years old. Like, they get stuck. That happens. Um, th this is one of my personal favorites. I actually have a Mark Grace jersey. I I'm such a fan of Mark Grace. Yeah, underrated just, guy. Underrated guy. Just for his uh, hit streak. Uh, his slump buster quote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everyone that. Yeah. So. We'll have to explain that one to the Scottish listeners on the podcast something. Oh, Lord. Cool. Two more cards. We got Kevin McReynolds. There's a Royal there. No Yankees, man. Oh, man. No. Start. Oh, uh, two cards left. Here we go. Who's this? Orstress Desilus? I don't even know. That. I can't even pronounce this guy's name. Oh. But he's I miss, obviously I miss one of the colors, first Marlins. Though. Yeah, I miss the, Mar the actual Florida Marlins. Yeah, exactly. It's, the teal is the best. And we'll end with Craig Biggio. One of my favorites, man. I have a game-used catcher's – like, not his catcher's glove, but the batting glove he wore under his catcher's mitt. Oh, right. Like, okay, yeah, that's pretty favorites. cool. That, I mean, everyone forgets he started off as a catcher. Yeah. No, he's one of my favorites, man, so that's actually a perfect way to end it. Perfect. All right, Matt. It's been a blast. I will we'll definitely have you, have you on again another time and, and do this. But uh, best of luck with you, and thank thanks you for guys. coming on. Thank thanks you so much, so much. Thanks for having me, guys. This is a blast, and thank you for Fair everybody pleasure. who uh, tunes in. Cool. Thanks, All right, man. Take it easy. You got it, guys. Bye.